A-Crossings podcast community. This teaching is called Donkey Sunday and is the sixth teaching in the series we're calling Risky Lent. It was taught by Molly Conaway on April 2nd, 2023. Thanks for listening. Good morning. The few faithful of you who braved the what, Marathon and Big Years and the Dogwood Arts Festival? Kristen just said, why does Knoxville schedule all the cool things in a matter of three days? But thank you for being here. Um, it is, uh, did any, actually, did anybody go see Eagles last night? The Eagles concert was happening too. Anybody? No? Okay. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's cool stuff. Church is cool too. Um, <laughs> it is a big season in the life of the church. Uh, today is known as Palm Sunday. Did anybody grow up in traditions where you like handed out the palm branches? And they, what did you do? The kids immediately, they make them as swords, right? Yeah, that's what you do immediately. Um, it marks the beginning of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, his final journey into the city uh, on his way to the cross. And uh, there will be an opportunity for us this morning to make that progression as well. Uh, we have things going out throughout the week that kind of help us make that progression toward the cross. Things going on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of this week. But today is called Palm Sunday because as Jesus made his way into Jerusalem, crowds gathered and waved and laid down these palm branches or leaves. Uh, it was a dramatic production uh, with loads of symbolism. And it's a timely message uh, for us this week as we, again, grieve uh, and process the world of violence that we find ourselves in. This is also a message, maybe more than any other message, that reminds us of the postures and the priorities of the Jesus we choose to follow or not follow. Today we read the gospel writer Matthew's telling of the story. Uh, there's a small detail in Matthew's telling of the story. I'll see if you can find it. Matthew 21, when they, Jesus and his disciples, had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied in a colt with her, untie them, and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. This is from the prophet Zechariah. Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds went ahead of him, and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet, Jesus, from Nazareth in Galilee. Do any of you notice what small detail is missing in that? It doesn't talk about palms, it doesn't talk about palm branches, it just says branches. 
Uh, and Mark, uh, the Gospel of Mark actually talks about leafy branches. Uh, Luke doesn't mention the palm branches at all. It's in John that says they took the branches from palm trees. Here's what I think is interesting. I think it's interesting that the church calls this Palm Sunday. Um, because the point that Jesus was trying to make, the production that he's putting on here, was actually mostly not about the palm leaves. It was actually mostly about the donkey. So I don't know who I write a strongly worded email to, to ask them if we can change the name of Palm Sunday to Donkey Sunday. But this whole thing led me down a whole like rabbit hole of his, the history of donkeys and more specifically like terms for donkeys. Um, here's what I learned. I learned that the difference, I never knew what the difference between a donkey and a mule was. Uh, a mule is the result of breeding a male donkey and a female horse. Did you guys know this? Do people know this? No, okay, now you know. I learned that Molly is actually a nickname for a female mule, which is really unfortunate. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Um, I learned that a jack is the name for a male donkey, and I learned that an ass is the nickname for a male or a female donkey. So mostly I was doing this to try and see if we could put those last two terms together and make it that kind of Sunday. I thought maybe giving and attendance would be higher. <laughs> a couple days ago, uh, an author and professor named Esau McCulley wrote an article in Christianity Today called This Palm Sunday, Ponder Donkeys, Not Branches. Here's where this all comes from. People, the crowds, chose palm branches to wave around and lay down in this procession. Why? Was it the closest tree around? Maybe. Or was it because palm branches were symbolically linked to the way people would honor military leaders when they come into town after a military victory? The military leaders who saved and liberated the people, these were political saviors. These were military messiahs. In fact, a generation before Jesus, in a book called First Maccabees, which is part of something called the Apocrypha, it's a collection of books and letters, you may remember we studied this last summer, um, that fill in some of the gaps between the books that are in our Bibles. In that, a man named Simon Maccabees drove out Israel's enemies, drove them out of Jerusalem. And it says this, it says, on the 23rd day of the second month, in the 171st year, the Jews entered it with praise and palm branches and with harps and cymbals and stringed instruments, and with hymns and songs, because a great enemy had been crushed and removed from Israel. Make no mistake about what's happening as Jesus rides into town. This is a political rally. It says the city is in turmoil, that people were everywhere because they were there to celebrate a Jewish holiday of Passover, a holiday celebrating that God had saved God's people. We can make no mistake about what Jesus is doing here. This is a subversive political move. He's coming in to be acknowledged as king. And in this political rally, in this inauguration or coronation, it was the people, the crowds, not Jesus, who chose the palm branches. Expecting that the God they followed was going to arrive and free them from the crushing rule of Roman occupation 
and it was the crowd's agenda and expectation that this would happen the only way they thought it could happen, with more power and control and violence. Jesus did not choose the palm branches, the crowd did. Jesus chose a donkey. Not a big powerful war horse, who makes his way in with force and arms, but via a symbol of lowliness, of service, of humility. That's what the donkey symbolizes. And it wasn't even his donkey. The pastor friend in Atlanta who's teaching this week is titled, The King Rides In on a Rental. Here's what Esau McCulley asks. He says, as we look to the donkey, not the palm, what practices might it inspire? What aspects of American Christian culture might it critique? He said, I'm not arguing that all public expressions of Christianity need to be passive and non-assertive. In the public square, for example, I noticed some Christians tone policing others and being uncomfortable with displays of emotion. Their goal is a reserved faith that never speaks plainly about the evils lurking in the hearts of people or society more broadly. Christians can and should use strong words, especially as they relate to structural injustice or personal unrighteousness. He says, on the flip side, I've noticed that some of us have become much too confident in our own discernment. We're convinced that we are right and our enemies are not just wrong but evil. Surely Jesus hates the things we hate, doesn't he? Surely he wants to establish his rule through us right now, one angry tweet at a time. And so we pick up our palm branches and raise our shouts in support of the Jesus we've created in our minds. Not the crucified Messiah, whose rule is rooted and grounded in love. He has become a rallying cry for our agenda, not his. And in God's theatrical, political, subversive march into town, the common folk living under the wealthy, violent, oppressive, powerful Roman Empire declared one thing, Hoshiana, Hosanna, please, we're praying, save us. And I cannot help but hear the same cry in the common folks who suffer in distant lands, who suffer in our own nation and in our neighborhoods, who suffer in our schools and in our churches and who suffer in our households, who see power and domination being matched with more power and domination, who see violence being matched with more violence, who see death being matched with more death, who know no other way forward than by picking up palm branches and crying, Hoshiana, please save us. There's got to be a better way than this. And the rebel Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee came into the world as God forever does, matching our palm branches, symbols of power and control with symbols of service, of humility and love, igniting their imaginations, whispering, watch what's about to happen to me. This is the posture of Jesus, the Christ, at the center of the word Christian. Stanley Hauerwas says, I'm not asking Christians to withdraw from social engagement. I just want them to be there as Christians. 
and it means you always have to remember that those that you are opposing are God's good creatures. And so you have to work in a way that helps them reframe their position in a way that offers an imaginative alternative to what they regard as the necessity of violence. Jesus declares his intentions upon arrival. This was the most nonviolent celebratory entry that was matched with the most violent end. But it wasn't the end. But let us not jump too quickly from one celebration to the next. Today, we recognize the way God came into the world as a baby in a manger, as a king on a donkey, in the places of humility and poverty and love and suffering, and offered people then and offer us today an entirely different, an imaginative approach of seeing and being in the world. So we're gonna sing together uh, because before we move on into the story today, let us remember the message of Palm Sunday, of Donkey Sunday. Let us sing for the ways we are too standing along the road, maybe just as observers from a distance, maybe with palm branches in hand, wondering, hoping, praying for relief from the destructive, powerful, wealthy, controlling, oppressive forces that creep through our lives and through the world we live in. The story slows down dramatically at this point. Uh, two of the gospel writers, Mark and John, almost spent half of their books talking about the final days, uh, the final seven days in Jesus' life. The Gospel of Matthew that we're in today has 366 verses that detail the last days. Uh, we're not going to read all of that. Uh, there's lots of things that happen in between Jesus coming into town and being put on the cross. As I said, there's several things we're going to do this week that engage these events. Um, among the things that happen, you can see there in the middle of the, the middle column, Jesus sits down for the Passover meal with his friends. These friends would later, you can see later in the list, would soon betray him and abandon him, deny him, and none of that surprised Jesus. This meal that they shared is one that we've come to know as the Lord's Supper. You may know it as the Holy Eucharist or communion. We call it common meal. And it's within the context of Jesus arriving in Jerusalem on a donkey and the cross becoming clearer in focus that he shares a meal and declares his intentions with his friends that everything that's about to happen to him is for them, for you, for us, for all of us who continue to gather in this way. It says this, while they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. 
we do this common meal thing every week because we forget, don't we? Uh, the Bible is full of stories of people who forget. We're not alone in that. Week after week, we lose sight of these imaginative ways forward of love and of service demonstrated by Jesus. One pastor, Veronese Miles, says remembering diminishes distortion. It helps us resist becoming preoccupied with money and position and power and ceremonialism and invites us to truly notice those who cry out as though with Jesus, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those who orchestrated Jesus' death were so preoccupied with power and fearful of change that they missed the possibility of a world in which love and compassion could become a reality. And as a result, they and their followers crucified God's son, mocking and deriding him, lest they believe and be changed. We remember, and we are changed. That's the invitation in this meal, that we remember the subversive ways of the Jesus at the center of our faith. We remember that this body and this blood, given for the forgiveness, given for the restoration of all that is broken, given to pull us out of the graves, we dig ourselves again and again and again. This is for you, all of it the whole thing, and all are welcome. You don't have to be a certain person or have done a certain thing to participate in this meal. All that's expected is your willingness to come. So when you're ready, um, we have bread or we have gluten-free crackers if you'd like that. If you don't want the wine, we have grape juice, just let us know. We invite you to come when you're ready. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on his head. They put a reed in his right hand and knelt before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. After mocking him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. From noon on, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Then Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. When the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place. They were terrified and said, truly this man was God's son. 
We are going to end a bit differently today. Um, in just a minute, we are going to sing a song together, and you'll be invited to stand and sing, or you can sit and sing, uh, or you can just sit. And this song is going to keep going until you're ready to leave. No more words will be said after this song. Uh, at any point in this song, when you're ready to leave, you may leave. Uh, there's some important things happening this week. Friday night, people are hosting meals all over the city. Uh, we'd love for you to join in one of those. Uh, late on Saturday night, we're hosting a service, a brief service on Zoom that involves candles um, and walking through the last moments of Jesus' life. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be here out in the square at 7 a.m. for a sunrise gathering, and then in here at 9.30 and 11. There's no evening service next week. Um, please read and pay attention to all of this stuff that's in the email that we send out. Here's the thing. Jesus, the Christ, was born in a barn, and it is not what the people expected. Jesus, God, rode into town on a donkey, confronting the powers of the empire, but not with more strength and power, and it's not what the people expected. Kings don't suffer like that. Gods don't die like that. But this God did, so that every person who has asked the question, where was God when that happened? or said to themselves, my God, my God, it kind of feels like you have abandoned me. Find themselves in the exact space that Jesus chose to inhabit in this moment. Where was God in the Covenant School shooting in Nashville? We don't know. But what we do know is that because of what happened on the cross in profound and mysterious ways, God knows and is intimately close with the depths of the suffering of the parents and the teachers and the children. That God is near and knowing and holding those who suffer in our nation and in our city and all over the world with love and care and gentleness. That is what we know because of the cross. Where is God? God was in the terror that he himself had known for a few moments in the garden and that finally drove even the small handful of people away. Shalom then, the God in him moving his swollen lips to forgive them all, to forgive maybe even God finished. What was brought to completion by such a life and such a death, only he can know now, wherever he is, if he is anywhere. The Christ of it is beyond our imagining. All we can know is the flesh and blood of it, the Jesus of it. In that sense, what was completed was at the very least a hope to live by a mystery to hide our faces before, a shame to haunt us, a dream of holiness to help make bearable our night. Before we jump to Easter, let us sit in the finality of the death of the one to whom we were just waving our palm branches before.
crying out for help too. What happens when our expectations of God die? What happens when our expectations of what it means to be a Christian or a church or a Christian nation is nailed to a cross? Have mercy on us, O God. You're welcome to stand or to sit. You can sing or don't sing. See you next week. Thank you.